Oh my God. Hi, I'm Dave Holmes. Welcome to Troubled Waters, the show that treats popular culture as the most important kind of culture because on election day, it's the one that's keeping us tethered to the earth. Kind of. Uh, now back in the uh, in the before era, Troubled Waters would pit two teams of comedians against one another in a pop culture battle royale, often in the same studio, breathing the same air and stuff. Can't do that anymore. That is more frowned upon than trying to pretend to be Elon Musk on Twitter without the very clear and legally verified indication of it being a parody. So for now, it is one comic against another. To win this battle, each comic will be called upon to use their smarts, their rhetorical skills, their uh, parody tweets that they're afraid to, to post out because well, you know what, what, what if you get blocked forever? Which by the way, would be my dream. Uh, anyway, <laughs> to earn the coveted Troubled Waters title, Pundit Emeritus, which would automatically give their opinion on which Mastodon server you're going to join and then forget about. More weight than a civilian's. My God, there's a lot to get into. Let's do it. You're listening to Troubled Waters. Let's meet our players. Our first contestant, a Troubled Waters alumnus, the co-host of a podcast that I am really enjoying called You Know What I Would Do, uh, and a dear friend of, of the whole Troubled Waters family. <laughs> and in, essentially has taken time out of being in a Wes Anderson movie to be here. It's but Mike Castle. I am so dressed for a Wes Anderson. Yeah, and wow. The, I, I appreciate that. The print behind you. No, yeah, it's all here. And I have an Infinite Jest poster there as well. So you know literal, I'm hateable. Literal Infinite Jest cover yeah. framed. And you called uh, me your friend. You said yes, I'm a friend. So yes, what does that true. mean about you? Because <laughs> it's true. I uh, make bad choices. Uh, Mike Castle, how are you? On this I'm great. election day, I should say we are we are uh, recording this on election day. Everyone's nerves are a little bit frayed and jagged. How how are you? I immediately said I'm great, and then you reminded me it's election day, and I remembered that I feel stressed and depressed. So mm-hmm. I was great, and it, generally I'm great and solid. But uh, it, within the context of today, I feel depressed and nihilistic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like um, preemptively just annoyed. By mm-hmm. the discourse, yeah, yes, That's yes, about yes, yes. I am, and I've stayed pretty, pretty out of the discourse as well. And then, uh-huh. but I, I checked back in the other day, and I, it's horrible on there. It's so uh, stupid in the it's discourse so world. We'll never learn anything. We'll just never learn anything. Everything will always be stupid. Mm-hmm. I voted in person yesterday at Valley College. Nice. You're in the San Fernando Valley, <laughs> and uh, I, um. First of all, I, you know, they were so excited to see uh, a, a voter, like a, a person come through, because, um, you know, I guess the, the it, it had dwindled. It was the day before. Um, so I saw a lot of happy poll workers. And then I saw three different people driving on the sidewalk because it's like a college campus and there are like walkways. And and I guess I guess people are confused about what's a walkway and what uh-huh. is a street. But I like I as I was parking, somebody was literally driving down the sidewalk 
I don't, where do I go? And I, and, and then they, I, whatever found that as I left another person, as I drove off another mm-hmm. person, it didn't give me faith in the American electorate. So we, much. We, we are, we are right at the end of the prologue that leads into idiocracy. Yes. Like we're right about to be in the Ooh. idiocracy future. Oh, oh my God. God. That was the only part of that movie that I did not buy. It was like oh, 500 years from now. Yeah. No. I'm like, it's, we're closing in that's, on it. My friends. That's April. Mike Judge, uh, Mike Castle, thank you for being here. And again, I really am enjoying. You know what I would do? Oh, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. That's so nice. You, you have, you have, uh, have put your flag right down in the podcast genre of two friends talking. Yes. And yet it works. Yes, it works. Yes, yes. Well, it's all Joey Greer, also an alum of uh, Troubled also Waters, on this, also yeah. a friend. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's great stuff. Thank you for being here, Mike Castle. Thank you. Our second contestant is a writer and podcaster, and her book, Filmed in Brooklyn, is out now. It's Margot Donahue. Hello, Margot. Hi, everyone. I'm thrilled to be here. Margot, how are you on election day? Oh, my God. I, I I asked for this day because I needed something to break up my day to to relieve my anxiety. So I thought yep. talking about pop culture, a little bit of a contest going on would help me. We'll yeah. see. We'll yeah, see. So, yeah. Another competition to focus on. It definitely, we are all in the waiting room of the intensive care unit right now. Yes. Are we not? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, can I get you anything from the vending machine? There, you mm-hmm. know, we'll hear something in a, in a few hours about how our loved one is doing. Uh, it is It is rough. We're delighted to have you. Tell me about Filmed in Brooklyn. It's a project that I got just before COVID hit. So it was, it turned into something pretty amazing. I watched in over two years, over 250 movies that were based in Brooklyn, filmed in Brooklyn, have some sort of Brooklyn thing about it. So it's everything from the silent era up to the Marvel universe. And I didn't finish every movie. I, you know, don't know how baby mama ends and I don't care to find out, but I, (laughs) (laughs) but I pretty much got them all in there and it's a passion project. It's my first book and I'm really excited about it and it's out right now and it's even available on Kindle. So just get it right now. You can get it right now if you want to. If you want Congratulations. to. Congratulations. Thank you so much. What's baby, what was baby mama? It's Amy, Fey, Amy Poehler. Poehler yes. Steve Martin. Oh yeah. Dak Shepard. Yeah. Lots of wow, funny people sure. and a and yeah. funny premise, but yeah, it, it, yeah. it's one of those things where people are like, you know what? You just put these people in a room and throw yeah. anything at them. It'll be funny. Anything and it's not anything. Yes, yeah. You, you you feel like that was being insisted on set every single day. Right, right. Just just improv it. Just do a thing. Yeah. Put her in a sink. Sit in the yeah. sink. People think that's hilarious. And it's Amy Poehler oh, sitting in a sink. Why is yeah. she in the sink? I don't know. She's feral, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but there's also great movies that She's are in poor. there. She doesn't know what's a chair. She's a silly yeah. white trash person. <laughs> <laughs> But there's lots oh, of great movies awful. too that I got to see over and over again, what? you know, like Good. Moonstruck and and The Warriors and stuff like that. So, oh boy, that's my favorite. Love it. Yes, filmed in Brooklyn by Margot Donahue. Thank you. Get it now. Uh, okay, you have met our players. It is now time for us to find out who has the better grasp of what really matters at this moment in history that has nothing to do with the election. <laughs> uh, if you are ready, you will each be given a chance to tell me what you think is the most important or tragically overlooked story, person, event, food item, whatever, of the past week or two. Let's start with you, Mike Castle. 
Oh, oh my God. Okay. Well, I was, you know, I was racking my brain about this and I was thinking that, you know, I, I have to basically play to my genre, which is, or the, the what I offer, which is, I assume no one's coming on here and talking about chess news. Uh, so I, I thought I would jump into just some just some general stuff going around in the world of chess that I think is generally pretty interesting. Just in general, general. Yeah. Chess so news. so obviously I'm I'm gonna speak to you guys as my peers. You guys all know number one in the world is Norwegian Grandmaster Magnus Carlsen, of course. Of course. And and he you know he's highest rating of all time. You know it's in the mid 2800s. And recently, there was this big controversy. He was in a chess tournament and then abruptly resigned after losing to this one 19-year-old Hans Niemann. You guys all know this story. Oh, and, Hans, yeah, obviously. Yeah, of course. And 19-year-old American. And he, after this, then all the speculation came out that there was cheating involved, and that's why Magnus quit. And then as people live speculated about the cheating, someone suggested that it was related to the, the use of anal beads that Hans must have this had one. in, yes, uh, and was receiving, uh, you know, uh, uh, moves from a computer through vibrations in his anal beat. This is a 19-year-old that this was all started about. Okay. I would say, obviously, this is all untrue. But now, what's really fascinating is that that guy is now suing uh, this one famous chess streamer we all love, Hikaru Nakamura. He's suing him, Chess.com, and Magnus Carlsen for defama defamation for $100 million. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely brutal and terrible. And I do think it's overlooked. But at the same time, I actually think he's totally within his rights to do this. Like, and right. be Because basically, Chess.com then released this like whole trove of research into his online play. And he had actually been caught cheating multiple times online. So there is merit to the claims that this guy cheated. However, cheat. it went pretty far. And when we're talking about a 19-year-old with anal beads receiving vibrations to beat another player in chess, I feel that it's gone too far and that he should get $100 million. I could not agree more. Did they? Was there any uh, evidence, A, that he was cheating and, and then... No, no, no evidence. No, no evidence that he was cheating. No, but there, there are all these different methods that these people have like talked about. There's one where you can attach these nodes in your socks in order to cheat and all this crazy shit. Mm. But I guess his, uh, his coach, his like main world, you know, class chess coach, actually was caught for cheating over the board and online multiple times. And so there's like enough of these like sort of ancillary details that add up to enhance the speculation. I personally think that uh, the number one was butthurt to lose to this guy. And so he, <laughs> so yeah, he made his butt hurt. Yes. Yes. It, yeah, oh yeah. 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 A, a pun intended only because I, I noticed it as I said it, but uh, uh, yes. Yeah, so no, I would say there's no, no real validity to it. Um, which also then un like it, the moment that the guy that Magnus resigned from that tournament this other guy was streaming live like in the moment. So it was like, you know, three seconds after it's announced within five minutes, th this anal beads thing already starts. Like it, it, it's wow. sort of a classic example of why the instantaneity of the internet is bad for well, truth. God, yeah. it's, it's, we're lucky to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what should your buzz in word be? Anal chess? <laughs> uh, I'll, uh, I'll just go anal beads. Anal beads. Yeah. Anal beads. Just anal anything. I'll hear anal and I'll, yeah. and I'll think yeah, thank of you. you. <laughs> Uh, Margo, how about you? So Matthew Perry's been in the news lately. He has, yes. uh, boy, oh boy, has he. And I did read his book. And there actually is a section that nobody's talking about enough. 
And I think it's uh, Cameron Diaz. Of all the women that he's dated, he's really mad at her because he met her for a date. It was set up after she dated Justin Timberlake. And as soon as she was with him for a few minutes, she got really high, which one should, (laughs) after you listen to Matthew Perry talking about himself for a hundred pages, how funny he is and how funny he is and how funny he is. And did you know he was funny? Cause he's been funny forever. Anyway. So they were playing Pictionary and he got, she got, a, he said something super witty to her and she got excited and accidentally punched him in the face. And he's been oh. waiting ever since for an apology. And he's like, very like, this is a guy who dumped a girlfriend after she sat through him through, he was in rehab for two months like all these other women, Julia Roberts, he very like elaborately dumps her and like talks about it. But all these other women, but like Cameron Diaz, he's like really pissed at her. And I love Cameron Diaz even more now than I ever have. <laughs> and I've adored her forever. But like she's a treasure. She is a national treasure because as high wow. as she was, she knew I got to fucking punch Chandler in the face. Absolutely. Also, holding on to that as like a negative, I mean, that's actually just a funny anecdote. Let yes. it go, Matthew. I mean, as he talks about himself, like, I was on The Odd Couple and I wasn't very nice and I want to apologize right now. But then the next page, it's this long paragraph about Karen Diaz and he's waiting for an apology. It's such the weirdest autobiography ever. I mean, uh-huh. it's, it looks so strange. It's it looks so strange. Bizarre. And then he and once he actually writes in there, I could have been married about five times in my life and had children. I don't know why I didn't. I'm like, because you're obnoxious. Like, yeah, you're the also worst. how many how many how many times did the editor remove that sentence? I <laughs> you know it's like every times, five pages he writes that. Somebody just must have said to him, "Do not dump on Keanu Reeves. This is not uh-huh. 1996." Yeah. Why let it let, leave him alone. What is wrong with you? I mean, and honestly, he stretched guys, into his full power. What gentlemen, are you thinking? the number of times he mentions how funny he is is really. I mean, somebody needs to underline that for me and let me know because it's. <laughs> but of course, I'm the idiot that paid full price on Kindle and read it, so, so you don't have to. But once yeah. again, Cameron Diaz, mwah, love her. I will say, Cameron as Diaz. a masochist. This review is making me want to read it. Yeah, I know. I'm just going, wow, that sounds really painful. <laughs> if I could lend it to bit. you, I would. I would definitely. If we could, yeah, if we could somehow just, okay, everybody, instead of reading the Matthew Perry memoir, read Filmed in Brooklyn. Uh, and then in like a couple months when it's, you know, when the price comes down a bit then. Or, or when you have a friend who has it in their house and they're like, I don't want this thing in my house anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving, you can, can you like, take that box of books yeah. I'm giving away with when you it's when you leave? In the little free yes. library that's three houses <laughs> down. You. Um, you, can, you can pick it up and you can read it. But Wait, in the meantime, did, take that urge to read and read. Filmed in Brooklyn. Didn't, didn't he say that he broke up with Julia Roberts because he was like, because she will dump me eventually or something like yes, I, I feel like had, I read like a sentence because he had the number one TV show and he was dating the, he had the number one movie and he was dating the number one movie star it was all too much for him it oh was too God. much <laughs> Matthew and he writes in detail how hurt she was and confused like nice <laughs> it's it's horrifying yeah it's yeah it's horrifying and you know, and, and here we just got Matt LeBlanc just like looking finer than ever. Uh, yeah, and that's yep. he's like that's my yeah. that's my contribution. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he made episodes, gonna... which is an amazing TV show. And he's yeah. Keith he, LeBlanc he in that. He likes to let you know mm-hmm. that he helped Matt LeBlanc, LeBlanc with his lines, by the way, the first few years. Just so you know. Okay. The things uh, some people okay. hold on to. The things. It's unbelievable. And then the, he, he would trade anything to be poor. Of course he won't, but just so you know, like he would give up. That's all his an money. easy trade. Yeah, no shit. That's a super easy trade. You could yeah. do that. You give your money and you get poor. <laughs> do it. Do yeah. it right now. That's real easy. Yeah, that's real easy. Yeah. I'll take some of it. Yeah, all your poor friends that you envy. You will right be ahead. that much poorer. Yeah. All right, your buzzing word is Cameron Diaz. Yes, thank you. It's Cameron Diaz <laughs> versus anal beads. Here. <laughs> Troubled okay. 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 Best okay. Episode yet. Keep those buzzing words at the ready. You will need them, and I will need to hear them. It's all I have uh, written down. Yep. Boom. It's all you need at this point. Let's get into it. We will start our show with a round called Falls or Balls. As the days get darker, festivals are celebrated around the Northern Hemisphere to brighten things up. Now, we all know the origin of some of these festivals. We know that Thanksgiving commemorates the indigenous peoples of this landmass, uh, thanking the pilgrims for coming along and fucking everything up. But some traditions have stranger origins. In this round, I will tell you the origins of some autumn time traditions. You tell me whether what I am telling you is true or whether we made it up. If it's true, say false. False. Because it belongs to fall. It's I true. Write that down. If it's false, say balls. Oh, Jesus. Falls or balls? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would think that if it, it was false, you would say falls because they sound. You would. Like, that's not. You would. That's not. And that falling <laughs> is a bad thing. I got to write all but this no. down. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, you will not need to buzz in for this one. They will go to you in turn. Mike Castle, oh, you are right. up first. Okay. The tradition of bobbing for apples originated in the UK as a courting ritual. Each apple was given the name of a man, and each woman would try to bite the apple that represented the guy that she was into. Falls or balls? Got to give that falls, just because I hope that's true. I love that. It is true. Because honestly, if, if, if you guys made that up, that I would be you gotta write a book because you're yeah. a very imaginative person and that's an yeah. incredible detail. And it sounds like a really fun uh activity that would then turn into a reality show that would be hosted uh-huh. by Rob Riggle and Elizabeth <laughs> Banks. Uh and it would be on ABC and everyone would hate it. Okay, uh, number two is for you, Margo. Mm-hmm. Trick-or-treating originated in London in the Second World War. Once rationing started, and youths would go door-to-door in the blackout demanding food and threatening. <laughs> if they didn't get that food, they would light bonfires in the garden to make them bigger targets for the German bombers. I call Star, balls. But no, sorry. Balls? Balls. That's correct. You are nice. correct. Very Boom, nice. it's a tie right out the gate. Trick-or-treating actually originated in the Middle Ages, but then it became popular in the 20s in the US, and then it got put on hold again during the Second World War because of sugar rationing. Did y'all get any trick-or-treaters? I, oh, yeah. I did not. I did not. No. But I went trick-or-treating with my 15-month-old, and that was fun. Oh, Yeah, it was cute. It was it's cute. very sweet. <laughs> Margo, you did. Oh, yeah, in Brooklyn, and at Park Slope and Carroll Gardens, it's just a mass of children everywhere. Yeah, they go all out That's here. Great. It's fun, actually. That's great. Yeah. That sounds nice. It is fun. We got like a medium amount, and it was uh, it was nice, and we're still awash in Reese's products. All right, Mike Castle. I, I, I suddenly you. got very panicked when I was out doing the uh, trick-or-treating where I was like, this is so fun. We're going to have such a nice time. And then the second I see a bunch of people dressed in like scary costumes, I was like, wait, is this, should I not be doing this? Is this very bad yeah. to be doing? It no. was stressful. No, yeah. it's no, totally it's, fun. It's very sweet. It yeah, is it very was sweet. Yeah. 
It's very sweet. Yeah, I was significantly more stressed than she was. She didn't care at all. (laughs) Of course not. She was asleep for most of it, I have to imagine. Uh, My Castle Pumpkin Spice Coffee is heavily associated with Starbucks, but it actually originated in 1999 when a coffee bar uh, in Milan, Italy, came up with it as a joke, and yet tourists love it and kept coming back. Again, I got to go with the reality I want to live in, and I'm going to say that that's false. It's balls, I'm afraid. Uh, I think it did actually just kind of start with Starbucks, although just, certainly just some product like research there, huh? Mm-hmm. More yeah. sincere local coffee shops were doing something with nutmeg and clove and whatever, and then they had you know. Unfortunately, I'm gonna special. I'm only gonna remember the the setup, and I'm not gonna remember that it's untrue. And I know I'm gonna say this at some point. Great. Someone's gonna say it, and then I'm gonna say, you know, actually, that's from Milan. Let's both really lean into it and see how long it takes for it to get back to us. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. That's a fun thing to do. Uh, Margo, number four is for you. Carving jack-o'-lanterns dates back to an Irish myth about a blacksmith named Stingy Jack who was not allowed into heaven. So he roamed the streets with only a piece of coal in a carved-out turnip to mark his way. <laughs> I'm going to call balls on that. Well, unfortunately, that is true. Oh, it's had to, to be. Had in this to be. one, that is absolutely true. Too too many crazy details yeah. in that. We, My God. Stingy Jack? People, stingy Jack. Cole, wait, can you read that entire stingy. thing again? <laughs> yes, what is please. it? Yeah, and you know what? It, I will reveal that I don't understand it either. That's a Spinal uh, a Tap song I need. <laughs> His name was Stingy Jack. He was not allowed into heaven, so I guess he's also dead. Uh, and he roamed the streets with a piece of coal inside a carved out turnip to mark his way. Now, how did he mark his way? I don't really know. Huh. <laughs> okay. You're is. a saucy again, one, stingy again, Jack. Let's, let's, let's fucking bannon it up. Let's flood the zone with shit. Let's get the, some mm-hmm. dumb Thanksgiving and Halloween based rumors started. <laughs> Just see how long it takes for it to telephone its way back to us. Number five, Mike Castle, Thanksgiving was originally more about friends and community than family, and the tradition of getting the whole family together really only took hold in the 40s and 50s. Uh, Born of McCarthyism, families were encouraged to get together, talk about stuff, politics, and thereby identify the communists in their midst. Balls. That is balls. Point to you. But boy, does it feel true. Yeah, it really did. It really did. Oh, but I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling the game is trying to trick me now, so I'm okay. trying to be wise too. Yeah. Okay, so we're 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 get, we're more into patterns than we yeah. are. Into, <laughs> yeah, but I'm okay. not even listening. Okay. <laughs> uh number six is for you, Margot. Oktoberfest in Germany is a time when people gather in tents and br- drink big steins of beer. But its origins lie in Austria, where October would see a festival in which everyone would drink a whole lot of goat's milk before the three months where the goats weren't milked uh, under the belief that the excess milk in their udders would help keep them warm through the winter. Get that last goat milk of the season. I'm going to say falls. Oh, unfortunately it was balls. No! That was something that we made up. Where did Oktoberfest come from? I don't know. There's a Google. You fucking figure it out. Uh, okay, at the end of that round. Wow, I really it, felt like that was... True. Yeah, that was. It wow. felt true. It felt yeah, it true. really did. We got good writers. Yeah, that's uh, okay. Really good. Mike Castle is way out in the lead with two. Margot, I know. <laughs> As we get into our next round, it's one we're calling Under the Sea. This week, we see the release of the thirtieth film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is of course called Avengers: 
Oh my God, aye, can aye, we do aye. something else? No, it's not. It's Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, oh. Uh, oh, okay. which sees the debut of Marvel's underwater anti-hero Namor. I guess is how you say his name. Um, he's 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 bad. So you're a fan. You're a big way. fan. <laughs> you know, honestly, I I saw the first one and I liked it. Okay, I think it is sure. actually the only Marvel movie that I have seen. It's the only one um, I've seen in theaters. It's the only one I've seen in theaters. Okay. Yeah. 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 I enjoyed it. I don't sure. know that I I'm have any unanswered yeah. questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Okay. Anyway, we thought we would mark the occasion with a round about underwater civilizations in popular culture. Oh, thank you. Keep God. your buzz in words ready. You will need them this time around. If you have snorkels and protective eyewear, now's the time. Put them on. Uh, number one, what is the name of the kingdom in which Ariel lives in Disney's The Little Mermaid? What else is going on? I know. Uh, Cameron no. Diaz. Come on. Okay, yes? The sea. The sea. <laughs> That'd be a good answer. That'd be a good name, but no. I I simply have no idea. Okay. Atlantica. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay. Okay. Atlantis. Atlantica. I don't have kids. I'm screwed. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't didn't see it. That's horrible. I was was fully in high school when that movie came out in theaters. Same. When when I say I haven't seen it, people are like, what? It's like, I was a 17-year-old boy. What the fuck? No. No, it would have no, been weird if you were there. Never, I never got around to it. I never got around to it. No, I, I mean, I'm definitely like... mad that she's black in the live action movie. Well, apparently yeah, that's it. That. Upset. Yeah, you got to be mad about that. Gotta that matters. Yeah, that. yeah. Got to be mad about that. I like but... how Ursula looks generally. I think she's Ursula's one of the cooler great. looking yeah. villains. Yeah. 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 We'll take Ursula. <laughs> she's an icon. Number two, the Sonic the Hedgehog games have a number of levels that take place largely or mostly underwater. Largely or partly underwater. Which of these is not a real level that takes place partially or largely underwater? A, Labyrinth Zone. B, Scrap Brain Zone. C, Tidal Tanker Zone. Or D, Aquatic Ruin Zone. Anal bees? Yes. (laughs) Anal Uh, bee zone? I'm going to say B. Scrap Brain Zone? Incorrect. That's in Sonic the Hedgehog. The original game, I guess. Whatever, Dave. Like, you knew that. No oh, I did not know. You know I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, C? C is correct! <laughs> yes. And it's a tie game. Labyrinth Zone and Scrap Brain Zone are in Sonic the Hedgehog. Aquatic Ruin Zone oh, is in Sonic SAT prep two. training. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That did be like test for, yes, yes. Very Kaplan, very Dang. Kaplan. Uh, number three, James Cameron has spent just enormous too much sums of money, too much goddamn money, uh, on a sequel to Avatar, the most wildly popular movie ever made that you can tell me anything about if I gave you all day long. Uh, a lot of the movie, uh, a lot of the sequel to the movie will take place underwater. What is the title of the Avatar sequel? I'll give you two points if you can just pull it right now. Otherwise, we'll go to multiple choice. Mm. Yeah, see? It's like everybody everybody watched the trailer and nobody can think of it. I yeah. think of it. Yeah, no clue. Absolutely no clue. My right. my friend Patrick is gonna scream at me when he hears this. <laughs> he's, is he a Navi? Oh, he's a is total, he, is he, is he total, blue? Total blue Navi, whatever you call uh, yourselves. Boy. Okay. Do you watch Real Housewives? A... Can we talk about that? <laughs> okay, yeah, we can. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back around to that. Because okay. I, I don't, stick a pin in it. Okay. Okay. Uh, is the sequel A, Avatar, The Way of Water? B, Avatar, The Waves of Change? C, Avatar, The Ocean's Path? 
or D, Avatar in the Navi? Uh, anal beads. <laughs> um, A? A is correct. Oh, oh, there you go. A is correct. Oh, thank A you, Margaret. A is correct. <laughs> We're in this okay. together. Margo, <laughs> yes. I will tell you, I will tell you that last week I had like a day where there was kind of nothing going on, and I was like, I'm going to wear sweatpants and I'm going to lay on the couch and I'm going to watch something stupid. And I don't watch the housewives, but I was like, everyone's whatever. It's like I've been waiting for the moment to get in, right? And uh and I watched the most recent Beverly Hills reunion. Because oh, yes. that way you get solid, the drama and stuff. and everybody's yeah. everybody is dressed like fucking Pokemon. Yes. It was it's unbelievable. Like it's yes. crazy outfits. Yes. I true I could I cannot I, I not a single one of them was likable in any way. Yes. I don't Except know how Garcelle. people get into it. Yeah, Garcelle, Garcelle seems the, okay. The Who's leaving? Alone. No. Oh, yeah, won. yesterday wow. I saw I mean, that. I would leave too, man. She's, like the, she doesn't need the those amount losers. of shit she has to yeah. And also just get Lisa Rinna out of your life if you can. Yeah, they're, they're damn, supposedly going to bring Teddy awful. in again. And I'm like, they oh, God. No. Awful. I don't know the first thing about Teddy. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, Teddy Camp, daughter of Teddy John. Teddy Mellencamp. Yeah. Okay. okay. Just had her jaw She's lifted. Fine. Very deep person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get I just don't get it. It's like I. this is most of my life's work is avoiding people like this. Why would I invite exactly. them to my home? It's sort of, it, it's like you're, it, it's almost like it, it feels validating to see that there are such treacherous people, basically. Like, it okay. becomes like, you, you have to watch it with, like, anthropologist glasses on okay. and go, or like, wow, follow look at this the terrible Bravo, person. the BravoCon hashtag on Twitter to feel the validation, because yeah. those people went to Javits Center and were there to just support Garcelle and Kathy. <laughs> just, you knew it was a shock to Lisa Rinna and Andy. And uh, who am I thinking of? The other, Kyle Richards, all of them. Mm. Oh yeah, they were Jesus. all just completely. And then, what? No. and then there's like Diana, who seems to be some sort of like villain like Russian agent or yeah. something. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, where's she from? Like Croatia? No, um, like, I don't know. Bosnia. Yeah, wait, it, yeah, yes, yes, that is what it is. Yeah, yeah, because she lost her brother in like the war there when her brother was like. She's like this Disney yeah. villain that like <laughs> yes. like just shows up out of nowhere. Just, yes, just, yeah. yes. Also, she anyway, has like an is... older son who looks identical to her new like husband, uh, boyfriend, or husband, fiance, yeah, or whatever. It's, it's very odd. Anytime you see them, you're like, they're literally identical. That's very strange. Yeah, that's spooky. God, it's yeah. so spooky. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, I'm out. Do we I'm get out. any I'm points in? for that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> nope, not a single one. Okay. Uh, number four in the season two Futurama episode, The Deep South. What city from the USA is discovered sunken in the Atlantic Ocean? Uh, anal beads. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Wait, you're, you're buzzing wait in for me. No, no. Margo answering. No, no, sorry. For my castle, no. Okay, then I'll go anal beads and I'll say Atlanta. Atlanta is correct. Oh, yeah. The lost city of Atlanta is what Love me, it. Futurama. Very, very great. Very great. Uh, very I haven't watched great. it in a long time. Yeah, me neither. Uh, number five, when DC's Aquaman was released in 2019, it was nominated for, by our count, 26 awards. Just any kind of awards, really. I don't know if these are like officially accredited awards, but 26 awards. Uh, and it won one award. Which of these nominations did it win? A, Campy Film of the Year at the Dorian Awards. Uh, B, Most Popular U.S. Film at the Chinese American Film Festival. C, Best Kiss at the MTV Movie and TV Awards. Or D, Outstanding Created Environment in a Photo Real Future at the Visual Effects Society Awards. Uh, Cameron Diaz. Very niche. Yes. The uh, MTV one. No. Fuck. 
uh, anal beads. Yeah, uh, uh, D, that really long one. No, it was Damn the most it. popular U.S. film at the Chinese American Film Festival. Wow. Okay. So there you go. Uh, okay, no points for anyone on that <laughs> Aquaman question. Number six, The Mutation, the 36th book in the Animorphs series, sees our heroes travel to an underwater civilization peopled by the Nartek. But what animal is Jake pictured morphing into on the front cover? A, and or- well, I mean, if you get it. I actually think I could get it. What is it? Anal beads. I'm going to say, uh, I got to say anal beads. Uh, a dolphin? Incorrect. You want to take a swing, Margo? You can. can you finish the sentence? He was going to give us multiple choices. I was going to give him multiple choice. Oh, give them multiple interrupted. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I'll give them to you, but I mean, do you want to take a swing? Since No, I do not. Please finish. No, why would anyone do that? <laughs> why would anyone Wise. do that? Wise words. I, mean, I, I didn't understand anything. the sentence, but go Listen, ahead. I'll take a this shot. This is just fun. This is okay. for funsies, yeah. A. A, an orca, B, a sea cucumber, C, an octopus, or D, a duck. Margo, you got first dibs. Orca, A? Yeah, that's great. An orca, an orca. Although I do want someone to be like sea cucumber boy in a movie or something. Yes, yes. They just turn themselves inside out. Just so inactive. That's that's a really fun, they throw up so hard they turn themselves inside out. Uh, okay, at the end of that round, Mike Castle and thereby anal beads have four points. Margo and therefore Cameron Diaz have three. We're going to take a little break. We're going to recalibrate our anal beads that are giving us the answers. We'll be right <laughs> back with more Troubled Waters after this quick break. Hi, it's Kevin from Max Fun HQ. This year for Giving Tuesday, we're inviting you to a super fun tarot event. It's got some of your favorite Max Fun hosts, and it's for a great cause. Join Depression Mode's John Moe, Carrie Poppy of Ono, Ross and Carrie, Stuart Wellington from The Flop House, Tom Lum from Let's Learn Everything, and Ellen Weatherford of Just the Zoo of Us. Your suggested $10 donation supports National Casa GAL and their work advocating for kids in foster care. That's this Giving Tuesday, November 29th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Check out MaximumFun.org slash events for more information and tickets to The Tarot Show with John Moe. Hey, hello, and welcome back to Troubled Waters. I'm your host, Dave Holmes. With us playing are Mike Castle and Margo Donahue. Our next round is a returning favorite of ours we call A Side of Jam. We are firmly in the time of year when Halloween and Christmas fans are at each other's throats about when to start celebrating when and when to stop celebrating the other. Uh, And then in the meantime, the the Jan Brady of holidays, Thanksgiving, is just sitting right there in the middle, getting no love at all. Very few songs. We think it's because of that. We think it's because of the music. There there are so many songs about rocking around the Christmas tree, so many songs about mashing with monsters. There are just so few so few non-Adam Sandler songs to celebrate the collective anxiety of the holiday, by which I mean Thanksgiving season. Today, we take a stand. Today, we give the tunes to the turkey. I'm going to give you the instrumental track from a well-known holiday song. We're going to make you improvise a new set of lyrics to go along with it. Mike Castle, because you're ahead, we're going to start with you. Um, We will give you... Andy Williams, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Make it a Thanksgiving song. Do it now. Okay, you know, I'm feeling well, a little it's gonna, bit of- Hold on, hold on. 
Okay, I mean, you can talk if you want. Is this the spoken word intro or what's the It's a, just a little bit of a setup, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm just feeling a general sort of subversiveness today. And so I wanna, I'm want i going to do a complete reimagining of this song as what I think that... Uh, I just think that this is more like um, seasonal, more beautiful f- uh, for the season. <clears throat> okay. okay, well, here we go. The track will start in a moment. Once there was this kid who got into an accident and couldn't come to school. And then it's just all of mm, mm, uh, for the entire song by the crash test. Wow. So yeah, it's just like, like a ma- ma- I mashed potatoes up. I mashed potatoes up, Yeah, give me by the crash test dummies. It gets me in the mood for the season. Because it's because it's like yummy noises. Yeah, it's just like more sumptuous. Yeah, it's like you're eating. But what I really like is that it's kind of I think we need to work in more kinds of Rick rolls into the uh, the holiday music. Mm -hmm. So you think that's what you're getting. Someone plays that and then it's offbeat, off rhythm. And it's someone singing some of "Mm -mm -mm." that's just my taste. Yeah. And then it it all just ends. Yeah, it kind of abruptly ends. And then they explain it. it. That's and great. The, but you, you can also hear everybody running out of the studio. <laughs> they keep that in. Yeah. yeah. Just yep. like music stands being knocked down, a door slamming, mm-hmm. a car <laughs> revving up and leaving. Yep. They're like, I thought uh, we I thought we escaped that song. Yes. Oh boy. Well, we can't escape either of those goddamn songs. Mm-mm-mm-mm. The 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 bassiest lead vocal of all time. <laughs> <laughs> the crash test dummies. Mike Castle, I gave you one point for that. I appreciate that. You actually. Really did. Um, you know, you took it a place that I didn't expect. You didn't expect it. No, I didn't expect it. Margot, it is your turn. We are going to give you the tune of Wham's Last okay. Christmas. Um Whamageddon doesn't start until December 1st. So if you're in the annual habit of depriving yourself of the best Christmas song, we are not stopping you. You just have to get through the month of December without hearing the last Christmas or whatever. Make it a Thanksgiving song. Your track starts now. Okay, so Thanksgiving. um, I've been very stressed. There's a track. There's a track. Oh, are you are you also explaining yourself? I'm going to explain myself. I, I have to. I it's our right. It it's is our, our right. right. It's our goddamn right okay. to party. This is what the radio should be intro. before every song. Yes. It should just be like, hi, I'm Katy Perry. Let me just explain what was going on. I fight. California girls. Very Beastie Boys. I fight for my right to party and to mm-hmm. give my intro. Okay. So, but you could okay. also put that in there. I mean, it's, uh, you know, with the election and everything, my IBS has been kicking in. So I have to incorporate that with my Thanksgiving. So, Maestro, let's play the music. Thanksgiving, my IBS kicked my butt. Literally. I really think I better just stay at home. I dream about your mashed potatoes and they make me cry. I wish I could enjoy it with grandma's gravy, but oh well. Oops. And that's it. <laughs> oh my God. It's very scatological. Two points. Two points to you for that one. One, yeah. you know, for the relatable subject matter. And two for revealing yourself as someone who's heard the first 10 seconds of last Christmas and nothing else. <laughs> right? Because like you had the you had the tune for like a second. And then it just was like I, I don't now you're just no, I don't know this. Song. No. 
I had to go to the bathroom, dude. You did it confidently. <laughs> you did it confidently. Okay, one more, one more. Uh, Mike Castle. Yes. Uh, we will have you sing to the tune of John Lennon's Happy Christmas War is over. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hear it. Well, again, again, I here here's here's what I gotta say, and it, this is in no way me saying I don't sing. You can't get me to sing, no matter what you do. I'm not gonna sing. But with that song, I don't even need you to cue up the music because <laughs> I I just won't do it. But here's here's what I would want for this is I because I listened to this song very recently, and my main takeaway was that it, the John Lennon one, he sounds so angry. And I really like that. And so my note would be for a person who's able to sing, which I am not, I would make it way angrier. I I would turn up the anger to, if that one's at like 75% anger, I want 100% anger uh, for the Christmas season. Because it is right out of the gate, so it is Christmas, and what have you done? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's just so goddamn mad, and I really he's like so that mad. energy. Because I'm I, it's so a little too, too positive uh, for me for the season, so I don't care yeah. for that. Okay. So you just sort of uh, did a digression about about it, rather. Dave, than you have me on here. This is okay. what I'm. This is all I'm able to do. I don't have yeah. the talent. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't do that. I don't hear music and sing. I hear music and I. I hope no one's looking at me. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean that was not the assignment, but out of politeness, <laughs> I'm going to give you one point. I actually really appreciate that, and I don't even think I deserve one. So thank you very. Yeah, very I, much. I know we we agree on that, but it's just it's a it's a it's a it's a professional sort of yeah. It's a, no, it's I put a, you in a position where you had to give me it's, one. It's a custom. Yeah, it's a custom. Yeah, uh, finally, Margot Donahue, <laughs> make it a Thanksgiving song. Uh, let it snow. Okay. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but okay. it's also Thanksgiving. Yeah, and it's global warming. Okay. I don't want to give you ideas. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, the weather outside is delightful. And the thought of wearing tight clothes is frightful. But as long as I can reach for my sweats, let the pies and desserts roll and roll. (laughs) (laughs) I found it heartwarming. Uh, I didn't quite understand the second line. What was the second line? The right outside is delightful. And the thought of wearing tight clothes is frightful. Oh, the thought of wearing tight Mm -hmm. clothes. The thought of wearing tight clothes is It is frightful. It is, right? Belt starts to hurt at this yeah, time. Yeah, the, the, the spanks oh. and anything else, no. Ooh, Belts and spanks, boy. no. Yeah, Sitting in a no. r- hard chair all day, you know, at your relative's mm-hmm. house. Mm-mm. Don't care for it one bit. Three points to you for that one. <laughs> wow. Bring okay, us, so then that actually right becomes there. rude to me. That actually becomes rude to me, Dave. You know, you got to if, if you gave her two. what happens. If you gave her two, You got to go for it, dude. You just got to go for it. like... Yeah, that it. just feels like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't care. Uh, yeah. At the end of that round, out. Cameron Diaz has <laughs> eight points. Yes, she wrote it out. God bless. Okay. Uh, anal beads got six points. We're going to take another break. We'll be right back. I'm sure you've noticed how giant corporations are controlling more and more about what we consume, whether it's our food, our news, or even the shows we enjoy. The Greatest Generation is a show that stands up to Big Star Trek and says no. We can laugh about costumes that fit too tightly in the groin area. We can make a Star Trek podcast that's basically only about that. The Greatest Generation. 
the show for free and independent thinkers about Star Trek. And the groins of different costumes. Reviewing every episode in order. So subscribe to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org. You'll be doing your part in telling the Star Trek industrial complex that they can't control your mind. Welcome back to Troubled Waters. It is time for our final round. Tensions have never been higher. I am your host, Dave Holmes. With us are Mike Castle and Margot Donahue. It is now time for a game we're calling Unrest Ippy. Every year, social media is awash with users aghast at seemingly horrific additions to classic recipes for which... White people usually ends up being just sort of common everyday spices that they should be using, but we digress. Uh, for this game, we're going to give you some controversial menu variations and force you to defend them, or at least spin them in a way that will make me want to try just a tiny bite, just a tiny little bite, um, a, a no thanks bite. Uh, I will award points for how much I am willing to stick a fork in it in the good way. We'll do two dishes each that our writers found on the internet. We will give you each the chance some bonus points by pitching us a real side dish from your own family traditions or your own table as adults. And if I can still look you in the eye after it, you just might win it all. Mm. Number one is mac and cheese. A versatile dish. This feels like it's hard to ruin, but guess mm -hmm. what? People are trying to ruin it. Uh, Mike Castle, sweeten the pot with the addition of an ingredient that occasionally makes the round in mac and cheese recipes at this time of year. Blueberries. Your minute starts now. Whoa, interesting. Well, just uh, let me put a little uh, brain worm inside all your heads real quick here. Uh, I was recently uh, at Disneyland with my nephew and others, <laughs> and uh, at some point, my brother-in-law and the nephew are out and we're getting food, and he gets mac and cheese, and then he says, <laughs> as a song, he goes, mac and cheese, cheddar, cheddar, mac and cheese, better, better. And then I mistakenly say, I love that, just to be nice. And then my brother-in-law goes, <laughs> and then I learn that this validation means that the kid will now be singing this song nonstop for the next couple of years, basically. Oh, no. <laughs> and so it, it is now, it is literally, I hear it all the time. Lauren sings it, my wife sings it, like I sing it to my daughter. I find it annoying that it's stuck in my head. So anyway. First and foremost, mac and cheese, cheddar, cheddar, mac and cheese, better, better. Now, we add in blueberries to this, and I'm actually into this. Unfortunately, I once had that thing that feels very Midwestern to me, where I, I had a slice of cheddar cheese on top of uh, an apple pie, a piece of apple pie, and it is it. goddamn delicious. Mm -hmm. And I, really? I, I went into it w w very judgmental. like, and, and I'm talking liberal elite judgmental. I'm acting like I'm so much better than this thing. And I bite into it, and it is—it's just unlikely, and it really goes together well. And I would say, of all the things we've named today, it is actually the kind of surprise that I feel like if you got that at a high-end restaurant, it would be like the most delicious thing you've ever had. Sure. And you would initially say, "You can't put that. You can't put the sweet in there with the savory and the milk and all this." But it actually starts to make sense over time. And I would say, per your setup for this whole thing of that, you would put a fork in it to try it. I think you actually would put a fork in this to try it. Oh, I, I actually, yeah. you have to. Honestly, with the case that you have laid out, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, plus, Three points I don't know if you. you recall, I had said mac and cheese, cheddar, cheddar, mac and cheese, better, better. So better, just think better. about that soon, yeah. So is you the, give me three is, points? Is the th yeah. Is the thesis of that song that cheddar is the superior mac and cheese cheese? 
That is my take. Mac and that cheese, is my take. Cheddar. As an aside, there are a lot of different mac and takes. Cheese on it. is better than other things. When my wife sings it, it is it is more. It's it's almost like you're just listing the ingredients. Where mine, I think you're listing uh, preferential uh, taste okay. in, in the matter. I yeah. see. Hmm. I see. Excellent. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I would. I honestly, I would eat it. Uh, Margaret Donahue, <laughs> uh, let us hear your pitch. Okay. For a mac and cheese dish, it's taking us from sweet to a little more savory. Tell us how a mac and cheese dish can incorporate peanut butter. Your time starts now. Oh, wow. Do I love peanut butter? If you love peanut butter, I, I love peanut butter on anything. Do you ever have peanut butter on a banana if you, or peanut butter on apples like after you work yes. out? That's the yes. most delicious combination. You got a little bit of protein yes. and you got a little salty there and you got a little sweetness mm. to it. Why not on some pasta and a little bit of cheese, Right. Just give it like it's got, you know, it can have a little crunchy to it as well. Give it a little bit more texture to it. I think it's like the perfect little thing. Why wouldn't you try it? So I would say, let's just, you bake it a little bit. You got a little bit of peanut butter on there. Let's just put it on the edge of your dish. Get that little spork going and just try it. Just put it in your mouth Mm -hmm. and give it a try. Like I said, it's got some pasta. You got a little bit of cheese. It's like some Gouda cheese that mix well with Mm -hmm. that peanut butter. And it's just crispy, like the cheese is just crispy enough. And you got a little bit of that mm. butter going in there. And then I, we're just going to feed it to you right now. In comes the, okay, I'm going to feed you right now. Ooh, I'll take it. There yum, yum, yum. Yes. Three points to you for that one. Because truly, what is uh, noodles in peanut sauce but mm-hmm. what you describe? I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. And it's fucking delicious. I should say. Uh, Disneyland actually served a PB&J Mac during their food and wine festival uh, recently. It was very good to the point where they actually had to release the recipe. You can find it online. We'll maybe post it if we remember to on our Twitter. Um, I'm tabulating the scores. Honestly, it's going to take five to seven days to get through all of these points. So (laughs) there's no clear winner as yet. But uh, I think you've both put in uh, a, a great effort. And uh, and I want you both to have a wonderful day. Uh, wow. Okay. It is now time for plugs. Oh, nice. Uh, let us know what you are working on. And then to offset the ego karma, tell us about something that someone else made that you want the whole wide world to know about. Uh, Margo, we'll start with you this time. Oh, okay. So filmed in Brooklyn. That's my book that's out. Um, I have a few podcasts, book versus movie, dorking out, and what a creep. And follow me at all the social medias at Brooklyn Fitchick. And I really love a show on Hulu called Reboot. And it's I with Judy hearing. Greer. It's uh, it's uh, Paul Reiser. Uh, uh, so many great people. And it's about this show that was like very pop. Johnny Knoxville's in there. And it was about this, this cast. And it was a very popular sitcom. And then they bring them back to put the show together 20 years later. And it's really hilarious and hysterical. And it's like 20 minutes a piece. Just fantastic. I really loved it. So I please go check it out. Sold. Sold on reboot. Mike Castle, how about you? Uh okay. I what would I say? I am so bad at plugging. I I, I would actually like to definitely plug to start with Margot's book. That actually just sounds really exactly like something I would like to read. So yes. definitely you. shot in Brooklyn. Um, filmed I filmed fil- filmed in Brooklyn. Oh my God! I said I would like to to endorse <laughs> it, and I didn't even do it well. 
Um, I have a podcast that Dave Holmes likes called You Know What I Would Do with my bestie, uh, Joey Greer. I have a, a recently shot uh, web series type thing that I did with my friend Marcus Ray that's called Misrepresented oh that I'm very proud also of. so funny. Thank you so much. And then I just read a book called The Nike Effect that I really enjoyed uh, that's Ooh. just about uh, Nike worldwide and how, you know, the general business practices are in many ways contributing to a lot of problems uh, otherwise economically in the world. Good book. Mm -hmm. Very depressing. Awesome. Uh, would recommend. <laughs> awesome. Love it. Uh, I am Dave Holmes. Uh, I host a podcast called Troubled Waters. Uh, also, all 10 episodes of Waiting for Impact, a Dave Holmes passion project are out. Listen, binge, avoid your family over the holiday season. Get into it. I would like to recommend an app called Landed. It is, in fact, uh, it's still in beta. So you got to have like test flight to use it. If you have that app that like allows you to like test out an app, whatever. Uh, we will send the link of the person on Instagram who you have to DM to get invited, but it's worth it. They're looking for new users. It's every week uh, on a Sunday, you get a prompt to record an audio message about three things that you're grateful for, and then maybe uh, something that you're finding challenging, if you like. Uh, Tuesday morning, you open the app and you hear someone else's uh, voicemail message, audio message about three things that they're grateful for. Um, they hear yours and you can sort of send follow-up messages throughout the week. And like, you never really learn their last name. You almost never like, Oh, here I am on Twitter and whatever. Let's follow each other. It's just sort of like a nice conversation in an airport bar about nice things. And it uh, makes me feel good every week. Landed. That sounds really again, nice. Sounds nice. It is yeah. very nice. It's nice. We got to fucking do things that make uh, the world less, uh, gross to live in. Uh, all right. Mike Castle, Margot Donahue. Thank you so much for playing Troubled Waters. It has been a joy. You there with the headphones. We thank you for listening. We're so thankful at Thanksgiving for you. Uh, and we'll see you next time on Troubled Waters. You have been listening to Troubled Waters with me, Dave Holmes, playing where Mike Castle. Make a noise. Hello. Margot Donahue. Hello. <laughs> Our theme music is USA versus White Noise by Lady Tron. Thank you then for letting us use it. The script was written by Riley Silverman and John Luke Roberts, and our producers are Laura Swisher and Christian Duenas. Woo-woo! Woo-woo! Gobble-gobble, <laughs> etc. Bye. org. Comedy and culture. Artist-owned. Audience-supported.